Jumpstart your healthy resolutions with reduced pricing on all my favorite supplements from Thorne. Right now, my entire curated selection of Thorne supplements is 20% off, including Thorne's cutting-edge brain support formula, Cinequel. I've added Cinequel to my personal daily regimen to fight off cognitive decline. Cinequel is rich in the best researched ingredients that help support brain function. Its active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, kinds, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Cinequel for everyday maintenance and Cinequel Plus, which provides higher amounts of specific nutrients for shorter-term support after impact-related head injury. Just go to DearHoffman.com Thorn for 20% off Cinequel, as well as my entire curated selection of Thorn products. That's DearHoffman.com Thorn. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today's podcast is the New Year's edition of our Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. I want to wish you all a very happy New Year. And uh, with me today is Layla Mutin, who's our resident nutritionist. And we're going to answer some of your questions. It's kind of a quiet time. Uh, we had a busy day in the office, and mm-hmm. uh, it's the afternoon, and so um, we're going to we're going to spend a little time answering questions and having a little bit of a discussion. Questions can come to questions at drhoffman.net. Yep. So, how you doing, Leila? Do you have a nice Christmas? Yes, lovely Christmas. I love this time of year, but I can't believe how quickly it comes. Yes, you it's know, faster and faster every year. Yeah. Uh, so. The highlight of my Christmas is uh, I was in a uh, a town in New Jersey, uh-huh. and they have nightly Christmas caroling. And I have to say oh, that that's lovely. Many times I've been there, but I've just not bothered to go out to the Christmas caroling. But you know, we sort of said, "Okay, let's go." You know, have yeah. dinner early, and at seven o'clock, the the town was mobbed. It was really oh. interesting because they have a town square in front of the church, uh-huh. and it was wall-to-wall people. So it was really nice. It was very communal. That's lovely. And they had, uh, I think it was the like the high school <laughs> band or something, uh-huh. playing the Christmas carols. You know, it was a little music was a little little tinny, but you know, good quality. <laughs> uh, it wasn't Philharmonic Orchestra quality. Give them an A for effort. Absolutely, and. People sang along, you know, That's all lovely. the Christmas carols, and it was kind of like a nice warm feeling. A lot of, you know, a lot of kids and families there, yeah, and just really like a communal feeling of like, you know, kind of small town America, yeah, uh, getting together for Christmas. That's lovely, and uh, you know, also with the you know Christmas tree in the square. It wasn't quite the Rockefeller Christmas tree; it's a little sure. smaller version of the Rockefeller Christmas tree. Yeah. The, the bells pealing from the churches, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really pretty. That is so uh, that was a, a good good time. It's a pretty time of year, and the winter solstice, one of the things I know that my husband and I look forward to is the days begin to get longer again. Yes, that's the prospect, right. Yeah. But, but usually colder. But colder. That's colder. okay. Colder is okay. More sunshine is yeah. nice. Because I've been in, in a bit of a, nice. a light uh, deficit lately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I wake up sometimes at, uh, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 yeah. o'clock in the morning. It's pitch dark. 
And then I, I, I and it doesn't get. Lo- I, it, I just go back to sleep. Right, <laughs> right, right. And it's just, it still feels weird to me every every time this season uh, we're in this season that I have to wake up in the morning because I'm normally up around five. You're an early riser, so, yeah. So I I'm turning on the lights yeah. for the first couple yeah. of hours and then turning them off, and it's just strange. Yeah, I use an SAD light to activate yeah. me when I get up early. Uh, I want to extend a thank you to one of our listeners. Uh, you know, we mentioned on one of our Q and A with Layla podcasts, we're just kind of like tossing the mm-hmm. tossing the conversation. And you know, I mentioned that I went to St. Thomas Church here on Fifth Avenue, which is a big Protestant church here, to yeah. hear some Christmas carols. And that was a couple of weeks ago, and it was really nice. You know, the beautiful orchestra. I mean, not a beautiful choir, no, and an organist, mm-hmm. uh, accompanist, and a pianist, accompanist. But it was mostly vocal, and uh, it was really got you know nice got you into the Christmas spirit. Uh, so one of our listeners writes to me, dear Doctor Hoffman, I heard you mention you enjoy St. Thomas Church in a podcast, so please continue to enjoy their music throughout the holidays. My grandfather, uh, his painting graces the album cover this year. Uh, continued good health from Christina, an avid listener, and she she sent me. Uh, music for the Christmas season from St. Thomas Choir of Men and Boys, Fifth Avenue, New York. Wow. So uh, I haven't listened to it yet. It's going to be, you know, That's something. That's going to be lovely. The Men yeah. and Boys Choir? Yeah. That's going to be beautiful. On a cold winter night, you know. Yeah. yeah. A mug of hot chocolate. Right. Oh, yeah. So I'm not, so I'm not soliciting gifts from you. Yeah. It's just a very nice <laughs> surprise. Thank you for this. Right. And so... So anyway, so I thought, uh, you know, since it's the New Year's, yes. uh, I thought a theme would be, you know, we're, it's going to be January. And January is the time of rectitude, yeah. right? You know, when we kind of atone for our excesses over the holidays and get on a new program. And usually that lasts about two and a half weeks. Yeah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, we get revved up for gym do memberships. Yeah. yeah, do a so, so let's talk about some of the things that you might consider as a way of accessing a higher level of health yeah. this January. Because, you know, we're in the spirit of rectitude. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's this dry January, right? Yes. Which is kind of nice. Which is kind of something that was started, I believe, in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. It's kind of worked its way across the pond, which is a very nice idea. Yeah. After so much indulgence. Yeah. What do they? So, what do the pubs do in Great Britain? Yeah. I, they probably well, do fine. <laughs> well, you know, over there, you go you go to the pub and have a cup of tea. Well, we that's true. Know? True. It's a pub a public house is different over there than here. Yeah. Being just the bar where and, you go to get an alcohol. And the tea is really good. Oh, the tea is fantastic. Yeah, because it's brewed oh, tea. Yeah. They won't just put a stick of tea bag in your right. in your cup. Right. So they're going to brew it. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, exquisite Ceylon tea or uh-huh. something like that. Uh, yeah. So the, but uh, the, so dry January is, I think, resonates even more this year. Because one of the, the big stories of 2023 has been the finding, uh, it's not necessarily a finding, just the realization with several studies that came out that suggest that there's actually no amount of alcohol that's, that's beneficial. That's good for us, right. That it really is no amount. Now, yeah. this is not to say that we should all become teetotalers, mm-hmm. but frankly, there is no uh, amount of alcohol that is good for you. Right. Which, again, they used to say, Oh, you know, if you have heart disease, you know, drink a few glasses of wine every week, you know. But that turned out not to be really the case. Right. Right. And, and, 
and the amount is not enough to get the required resveratrol. Sometimes it's it's the alcohol itself that has the blood thinning effect. Yes, but at the expense of alcohol is a little bit of a blood thinning effect. Yeah. but the 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 it's a risk benefit equation. You get a little bit of reduction in cardiovascular yeah. events, but an increase in other types of problems such as many cancers. Yes, liver uh, disease. We've already known that for women, uh, their risk of breast cancer is increased yes. with a very uh, low threshold, mm -hmm. like two three drinks a week will somewhat yeah. increase your risk of breast cancer significantly, mm -hmm. double-digit increase in risk. Mm -hmm. Not like a five-fold increase or a ten-fold, but like a yeah. percentage increase in risk. Does So I would mm -hmm. say this is that if the benefits of the socialization that you get from the alcohol are, uh, are a real plus for you, and for me, you know, to have drinks with some friends and, you know, as a social lubricant, Sometimes, yes. yeah, it's it's worthwhile. Sure, and but is it? It's got to be in moderation, and yeah. sometimes the moderation part can be difficult for some people, especially during a season of yeah, family. Some or people can lack of family, lack of connection, dysfunction, all of that kind of thing, kind of hovers around. There yeah, too. I mean, people. It's treat also proxy to sugar, so it can be just a craving. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, there's uh, that. So, so you know, we could propose that people consider dry January because yeah. it's just sort of see how you feel. Right. Because you might uncover either the potential to feel better or you might uncover a dependency. You know, yeah. you might say, hey, I, I cannot do without it. And if you Oof. can't do without it, that's a it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. So that's let's consider dry January. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Um, and you may find that your cravings for other things like sugar may actually decrease or increase because they're proxies uh-huh it's akin to like if we said okay give up sugar you go through a period of withdrawal there may be the same with alcohol depending on your use of it right but um, some people who stop drinking alcohol who are using it a lot may find they have an increase in sweet cravings and that's the same for if you've ever been to an AA meeting right mm -hmm. they're drinking sugary cups of coffee they're having a donut or a cookie or something—it's—it's it's sugar. It's the original addiction, right? For most of us. So, so another type of detox that you might consider for mm -hmm. January, and I think this might be even more challenging, is a screen detox. Oh yeah. Is you know I'm all for that. I don't like looking at my telephone. I would like to disengage from my telephone altogether. Right. Except there are certain you know. I want to keep in touch with my husband. I want yeah. to keep in touch with my sister. But it's not something I go to and look at and or social media or anything well, like that. I, but I use I engage, certain apps for yeah. work. Yeah, but see, I engage in social media. I'm, I have a presence on social yeah. media and I communicate via social yeah. media. So it gives me an excuse to check out my own social media. While I'm at it, I'm going to check out all this other sure, stuff. Sure, sure. And maybe I'll get a pearl of wisdom to, you know, that will help my practice or help right. be... You know, with an idea for a show or a topic. Sure. I'm constantly looking for those things and harvesting those yeah. things. But then I fall into these rabbit holes of like hate speech and, you know, right. especially with what's going on in Gaza, you know, and uh, creating a lot of negative emotions. And I have to kind of stop myself and say, I'm going into and this. And reacting to comments. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is something worth considering. But really challenging is to maybe spend a few days, a week, or a month, uh, you know, using, look, we, let's face it, we, to function, we need to use the screens. Sure. So maybe taking a break from social media. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, which is the stuff that is non-essential. Mm-hmm. You know, like non-non-essential screen time would be ideal because yeah. there is really an association between an association. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean a cause uh, uh-huh. between uh, lots of screen time and poor mental health, and especially yes. in kids. Now, it may be that the poor mental health drives the people to the screen time, but I think it's there's certainly a back and forth that excess screen time. Yes makes us have bad emotions, it's steeps true. us in envy, steeps mm-hmm. us in FOMO, fear of missing out, yeah. which is anxiety. a negative emotion, Absolutely. anxiety, uh, anger, hate. Yeah. And even depression, especially among young people, because they're comparing their lives to what they're seeing being presented to yeah. them on social media, and it's not a great, you know. So, so that's another type of detox we might consider. Yes. We might also consider like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe watching three, four hours of cable news is too much. Yes. Because it, it you're being manipulated. Oh, absolutely. And you, I think it's... And especially not at night. And I and I like the news. Sure. I like to get the news. I like to get the news. But I also feel that there's a point where it becomes repetitious and yeah. they're like beating a dead horse. Right. Uh, and we need to just turn it off. So, you know, maybe uh, do something different. Maybe read a book. Yeah. Maybe, you know... I'm listening more to music. I like to just go turn on the radio. Okay. And not on an app, not on my screen, nothing like that. Go turn on the radio. Push a button and turn on the radio. Sometimes you just want a toaster. Okay. <laughs> instead, of, instead of having to jump in, sign in, jump through yep. hoops. That's <laughs> true. Blah, 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 blah. Really? For me to go listen to some music? I'm just going to turn on the radio. Okay. Or pop in a CD or something. That's, yeah, just go retro. Instead of go download retro. something. Go retro. I have vinyl. I have a turntable. You know, I need to make better use of that. So, yeah. So the, another yeah. thing we could do is we could do a dietary detox. And, you know, I, I yes. don't believe in some of these detoxes, you know, where you take something that's a laxative and purge yourself. No. And I think that's like leads to an eating disorder. It does. And Can. or ill health. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what you might consider, there's several ways to do this. One is you might consider intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. But it's yes. not the same. Intermittent fasting means that you go like on a 5-2 or, or a 4-3 where like some days you're on a, like a low-calorie thing. Yeah. Although and some people do it every day and then you could call it time-restricted restri- time uh, feeding. But but that's time-restricted feeding, which means that you don't eat like, you, 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 you wait till like 11 to eat and then you don't eat after 7. You eat within a discrete period like of time. Like 8 hours, like eight that's hours. an 8-16 yeah. thing. So you might try that and see... Yeah how that works for you because it really helps with autophagy and it helps yes. with uh with uh you know gives the body a rest yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. you might lose weight with it sure uh, some studies say you do lose weight some studies say you don't lose weight but you're going to improve your physiology if you I, do that. i've i've already seen case studies firsthand with our patients and some other of my patients that when they do intermittent fasting or they do the time restricted feeding it's phenomenal what can happen especially those who are very metabolically resistant to weight loss like that insulin is just hovering around at 28 and not coming down right and we're hitting it with metformin yeah. we're hitting it with cm core but they're kind of eating a lot throughout the day and it's not necessary so we bring it to and when we kind of compact the eating time a little and bit what's an ideal fasting insulin uh like a less four less than 10 less than yeah 10. Yeah. yeah less than 10 definitely yeah, yeah. something like that yeah. so 
so uh, and autophagy, I think, is more important than ever. More important than it ever. May be I, the, I think we really need it to. It may be the fountain of youth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And autophagy, which peaks at the twelfth hour of fasting, we all need to be fasting. And autophagy or autophagy, tomato, tomato, right? However, right. we're saying it is the the DNA repair, the cellular house cleaning, the sweeping out of debris, all of our biochemical processes, you know, resetting themselves, all that kind of thing. It happens only while we're fasting and not while we're digesting all night long after a late meal or yet another holiday party or yet another outing or some other kind of thing. And so. then there's there's like a dietary uh, kind of cleanup. And one of my favorite paradigms, if you're going to do it for 30 days, is something called the Whole30. Oh, yeah. And it's been around for a long time. It's probably about five years old. But the Whole30 is basically a paleo kind of diet. Mm-hmm. And it gives you, it's not even necessarily a very low carb diet, although it's there's not. no sugar. No. But you can eat potatoes. Yes. Uh, if you choose, you so choose starchy I mean, vegetables look, and things. If yeah. you really need to lose weight, don't eat so many potatoes. Don't, don't eat, eat, so don't much eat fruit. potatoes every day. Don't eat so much fruit. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's fish, chicken, eggs, meat, uh, and it's, uh, no grains. No it's grains. grain-free. And no dairy. All, no dairy. All vegetables you yeah. can have. But do that for 30 and days. Fruits. And you might say, wow, I really feel good. Yeah. I feel like clear, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm feeling, you know, I lost a couple of pounds. I think I lost like three to five pounds on that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I wasn't trying. I yeah, ate as much yeah, as yeah, I yeah. wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you lose some excess water. You're also detoxing from all the crap in the processed foods, the additives, preservatives, emulsifiers, all of the, the added sugar, corn syrup, all of those things. If you want to go a step further, you can consider a keto diet. Yeah. And the keto diet, the buzz on keto diet these days is it's not just good for metabolism. It may be really a mental health yes. uh, aid. Yes. Because uh, Chris Palmer, who I interviewed on the program, mm-hmm. uh, has a book called Brain Energy. And in that book, he espouses the view that we can improve our brain metabolism through a keto diet, yeah. not dependent on sugar, but on uh, on uh, the... Uh, uh, Clean, your, unprocessed whole foods, the, pretty much. But it, your brain is basically feeding off of fats. Yes. Fatty acids. Yeah. The byproducts uh, of fat metabolism, ketones, ketones are yeah. beneficial. There was even an old study that said the brains prefer ketones to glucose, which really tells us a lot because, you know, in it's science... It's a treatment for epilepsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In science, they tell us that glucose is the primary form of fuel. Yes, but in the absence of it, fats are the primary form yeah. of fuel. They really are the primary form of fuel, and carbohydrates being the secondary form, because that's what will come in and take over as we are storing fat. Also remember that the storage of glycogen, glycogen yeah. is phase one of fat storage. Right. The glycogen is stored first, mm-hmm. then we go into the fat storage. And when we're storing carbohydrate, we're packing on a lot of water and stuff. Yes, you know, because glycogen well. holds water, yes. right? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so you can see some interesting things happen to you mood-wise. I mean, it's a, time, a good time for experimentation yeah. because it is a quiet time. Things yes. kind of slow down a little bit in January. So these are some possibilities. This actually kindles an idea. I wasn't sure what I was going to write about in our newsletter article, but I think I'll write about some ways that you can detox for the new year. Yeah. Uh, along these lines. Right. You know. So, um, yeah. 
Good, yeah, good yeah. concept. Good point. We should pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share an important message with you. So before we get to questions, your questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. Let's hear this from one of our sponsors. You don't need a study to tell you that aging and fatigue go hand in hand. Nevertheless, my friends at Nutritional Therapeutics, makers of NT Factor, point to 16 studies, all peer-reviewed and published in medical journals, showing that NT Factor can reduce fatigue, while at the same time, age-related changes in the cells are reversed. For 30 years, the makers of NT Factor have worked to improve our health spans by focusing on the mitochondria, the energy powerhouses of our cells. Their science shows that NT Factor, which I don't go a day without and recommend to my patients, improves our energy and prevents the deterioration that accompanies aging. It promises that our day-to-day lives will be improved, and they keep proving it in studies that include placebo-controlled trials, both in the academic institutions and in medical practices like mine. You can find NT Factor at your favorite health food store or online retailer, or to order direct, go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Don't let tiredness and fatigue rob your senior years. Invest regularly in the anti-aging benefit of NT Factor at ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what make Intelligent Medicine a continued free resource to you, and so it will continue in 2024 thanks to their underwriting. So let's... We have both questions and comments, I we think. We do. We do. Actually, um... Here's, here's a question from Marty. Dr. Hoffman, I have a question regarding potential benefits of CBD for my wife's fibromyalgia. Mm. She, she was a very healthy 70-year-old, but then she had a bicycle accident. She took a terrible fall, several cuts, a severe laceration. Anyway, she has constant pain with her fibromyalgia, her shoulders, her arms. Um, recently, they've referred her to a physical therapist, uh, which you'll see twice a week for four weeks. What do you think of CBD, and which product would you prefer? Do I, I you think, think it would I, be good for pain relief? I think it would relief? be worth trying, and I think the product of choice is <coughs> yeah. the relief product, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. contains CBD, CBDG. CBDG. Right. And um, mm-hmm. uh, also uh, PEA. Which is an interesting uh, ingredient for pain. Mm. Okay. So Palmitolalilolamine or something okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> can be helpful for fibromyalgia. We like CBD for other uses too. For sleep, insomnia. Sleep, anxiety. Uh, uh, stress. For GI discomfort because it sure. releases directly in the GI tract. You know, if you have like uh, your vowel or if you have uh, colitis, you know, it's very healing and inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but... Uh, Specifically for this is an interesting story is that she had a trauma, and then she began to have a body wide pain syndrome. And so what happens yeah. when you have a trauma is like bits of your tissue get released in your bloodstream, and you can actually uh, your body reacts against it, and you can get kind of a autoimmune reactivity that creates inflammation of the body. The other thing is that pain kindles pain. Mm. Pain kindles pain. So we, mm-hmm. the the more you have, the worse it gets. The less you have the more the volume goes down. It's almost like a bad circuit in the brain. And the pain circuits were amped up in her case. Mm -hmm. So if we can bring down, begin to turn it around, then, you know, it goes from a vicious cycle into a helpful spiral of pain relief. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm thinking that could be helpful. Uh, fibromyalgia also responds to low-dose <laughs> naltrexone, yeah. uh, which is available by prescription. You have to get it from a doctor. But mm -hmm. uh, And it, what about the usual anti-inflammatories like fish oil, it's, curcumin? It is somewhat of an inflammatory disorder, but mm -hmm. it's also in some ways a nerve disorder. Oh. You know, So the nerve pain doesn't respond too well to curcumin and fish oil, in what my opinion. Alpha-lipoic acid? Or Ma yeah, more like that. More yes. the bees, yeah. diamond or yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Marty, there you go. Best of health to your wife. Okay. Oh, we've, this is an interesting article. This this comes from from Iton. King Charles is criticized for appointing a pro homeopathy doctor. So this has been described as worrying and inappropriate <laughs> by academics and yeah. campaigners. Yeah. So, uh, and you know what really struck me in this article? The Good Thinking Society, no. which promotes the scientific... Good th the Good Thinking Society. The Good Thinking Society. I want to hold up my pinky <laughs> while I grab my cup for my saucer Your with a Ceylon nice tea. tea. Yes, yes. Right. The Good Thinking Society, which promotes scientific skepticism, <laughs> told The Guardian it was concerned yeah. by Dr. Dixon's appointment uh, it isn't appropriate. I think the role of the monarchy, if it has one in current society, isn't to be advocating for their own personal projects and their own personal beliefs or using the power and influence they have here, here. to further causes that run directly counter to the evidence that we have. It's absolutely unequivocal that homeopathic remedies do not work and just because you happen to be in a position of extreme power privilege, that doesn't change that. I find these assertions very worrying. Right. Well, from okay. The so good here's a thinking here's a society. The good thinking society. It it, it 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 reeks of 1984. The good think you know bad think or bad speaker. The good thinking <laughs> exactly. society. Exactly. And here's the Ministry of Silly Walks by Monty Python. That's <laughs> this could really be a Monty Python <laughs> It really uh, skit. could. But, you know, uh, all kidding aside is that yeah. uh, the, this, uh, we're actually going to talk about homeopathy this month. I have a podcast uh, scheduled. And uh, with a, a homeopath who is a staunch defender of homeopathy and a practitioner of homeopathy mm -hmm. and a very successful practitioner of homeopathy, uh, the problem with homeopathy is that it doesn't conform to conventional scientific principles, yeah. but it works. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where if you can't find mechanistically how it works, and there have been efforts to use quantum physics to rationalize homeopathy, but they're usually uh, fall short of convincing skeptical scientists that there really is something there. Yeah. They think it's all placebo. But there actually are some studies which compare placebo to homeopathy, which show that homeopathy is superior. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, there is a move afoot in England, because there's a tradition of homeopathy in England, and it is, it is really associated with the royals. The royals have used homeopathy for a long time. Yes. Um, there was a royal homeopath, and if you, one of the royals was sick, they would summon the homeopath. The homeopath would yeah. come with their little uh, pellets and tinctures and remedies. And then, you know, they would, uh, that's how they, you know, managed minor health uh, crises mm -hmm. or, and or major health crises. Mm -hmm. But, um, the, you know, this, partly this goes with the image of Prince Charles, who is a little bit of a, you know, what they consider in England an eccentric. 
Oh. Uh, and they think that this is just a manifestation of his eccentricity, that he oh. embraces homeopathy. Mm. And so, you know, there's this kind mm. of uh, skepticism about the royals altogether, that they're out of touch, and that this is just simply another manifestation of their lack of reality base. Honestly. So, wow. you know, I look, I think it's actually... Uh, he's a guardian of certain traditions, mm -hmm. and I think homeopathy is a tradition, and I think it's a tradition that's to be... Uh, accepted. A part of the problem too is that there's a question of whether it should be subsidized by the state because there's oh. they have you know basically socialized medicine there. So should homeopathy be covered when it's considered scientifically not mm -hmm. justified? And they're always looking to cut the budget there. So there, there's sure. a lot of controversy about whether homeopathy should be covered. Um, I you know one solution is to like take it off the NHS, the National Health Service but make it available to people privately. That would make it sort of elitist because, you know, mm -hmm. you'd have to pay for it out of pocket. But, yeah. it, you know, I, it, it's, it's going to be an eternal debate. Mm -hmm. We'll see where this goes. But thank you for, to Aton for sending us this article. Oh, my. That's indeed, very, very interesting. Okay. The Good Thinking Society. The Good Thinking Society. When I read that, I, I, I had to go <laughs> and read it again. Did I read that right? The Good Thinking Society. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we're going to pause yeah. because we divide our podcast into two parts. And so give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two. Nicole writes, my seven-year-old daughter developed a wart on the palm of her hand. Mm. What causes warts? Okay, good question. When we return, we'll address that question. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin. It's our New Year's broadcast. We want to wish you all a happy New Year, and we'll be back with more. Questions can come to questions at drhoffman.net. Make sure you send your questions, because we'll need more questions for next week's podcast, and we'll be right back.